Welcome to the We Are Here podcast, a podcast all about entrepreneurship on the South Coast, collecting stories and lessons from entrepreneurs and community leaders to learn firsthand how they've built their business or organization so we can build our own. The South Coast is a small place and we're letting the business world know that we are here. Show your support by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast and join the newsletter for all of our latest announcements and upcoming episodes at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. That's southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast. Uh, exciting episode today. This is a recording from our live streams that we do every couple of weeks over on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast. Today was with Natalie Thompson of The Payton Co., and we're talking about all kinds of things, how to find real estate on the South Coast so that you can put your store there and have enough foot traffic and enough visibility but without paying too much money, how to make a big splash on a grand opening, how to get people on an email list, branding. It's a great episode. I really hope you enjoy these episodes about entrepreneurship on the South Coast. If you do, join our mailing list, southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would get us a lot of visibility, which is great. Share it with friends and family. And by the way, you can win a $50 gift card to Natalie's company today. If you go to southcoast.fm slash win, W-I-N, southcoast.fm slash win, enter your email address to win her $50 gift card to her, her store once it opens up. Thanks, everybody. Let's get into the episode. My name is Natalie Thompson. I am the founder of The Payton Company. We are a beauty and body brand that focuses on utilizing organic ingredients, locally sourced, fair trade, sustainable type ingredients. We create a really highly desirable end product for the conscientious consumer. Um, we've had a lot of twists and turns, and we're excited to announce that we're opening our first location in Warren, Rhode Island in June. So we'll be talking about that, I'm sure. Awesome. So everybody who's watching this right now on the live stream, if you, uh, if you can't watch the whole thing, why not? Why haven't you booked off of 45 minutes of your time to watch this awesome show? <laughs> but if you can't, uh, <laughs> we'll be recording it. It'll be up on iTunes later. You can get that at southcoast.fm. Also at southcoast.fm slash win, southcoast.fm slash win. You can get a $50 gift card or you can win a $50 gift Woo! card to Natalie's company. Uh, and that'll be running there for the week as everyone sort of uh, should be accustomed to by now. We run these for a week until the next episode airs. I appreciate everybody's support in uh, joining the show and subscribing to us on iTunes. Natalie, why this? Why this business? Why these products? Why what you do? <laughs> Okay, so I learned that typically a lot of businesses are founded to solve a problem. Um, we actually started this business. When I say we, it's primarily me, but my husband, Steve, has been so supportive. Um, after my son was born, his name is Peyton. He was a oh, problem surprise. Um, and... Uh, he was also born with skin issues, sensitivities, allergies, lots of eczema, things like that. Um, it felt very counterintuitive to use chemicals on his beautiful, clean slate of a little body. So I said, okay, I'm going to go with what I know. And I do have a background and knowledge of these types of products, ingredients, so on and so forth. So I started with one product, and it cleared up his skin. Mind you, no steroids or anything of that nature. Um, the next problem that we had was I did have a very corporate job prior to this. Um, my son would have been in daycare 50 hours a week. Um, my husband works just as much as I do, or I did rather, uh, with that. So we said he won't know who mom or dad is. Um, I realized they couldn't let him go once I held him. So I decided, you know what, let's start something. Let's try something. I 
didn't even think it would ever grow to this. But I thought, you know, I'll sell online on Etsy, you know, I'll do farmer's markets here and there, just to have a little extra money coming in to help pay some bills. And it took off like a freight train. And here we are today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've learned over the years that there are, and I've talked about this on other shows, on other past episodes, that there are entrepreneurs who just, you know, define their their business plan. They've got their roadmap. They've got, you know, everything down to a a nickel on how they have to Mm -hmm. budget things. And they just attack that business model and and that's how they grow their business. And then there's sort of like, for lack of a better phrase, there's like the accidental entrepreneur, right? Like you wanted yeah. to do this. It was fun. And you know, mm-hmm. like you're thinking growth, but you're not thinking growth like you might get to now. No. Um, what, like, what, how, how did you even, like, at what point was it just a big, huge order that you got one day? Was it just boatloads of sales just coming in and requests that just triggered off and you said, you know what, this is going to be bigger than I thought it was going to be. What was that, that moment? Oh, well, I remember the day I set up my Etsy shop. That's where I started. You know, I think a lot of us um, start in that area. And I got an order on my first day within an hour of loading my shop. And I went, oh, my gosh. You know, I was really surprised. Somebody out in the middle of Oklahoma wants what I have. And I just showed up 10 minutes ago. How cool. So I thought, oh, my gosh, it's going to always be like this. They're just going to roll in, so on and so forth. And I learned, hey, just because I'm there, no one knows I'm there. Um, So it went on having different people try our products. And then we had a friend of ours carry our product line down in Florida Somebody that went to their store that owns a separate type of business, tried it, enjoyed it, and put in a huge wholesale order with us. And that was like, uh uh-oh, it's time. (laughs) You know, it really lit the fire. And I have a background in sales and marketing. And, you know, it kind of fueled that desire to get back into selling and marketing. And, you know, not just a creative making part of it. You know, I'm very 50-50 oriented in that way. So... That's no, really what it was. No more fake it till you make it at that point. The big order no. comes in and, and you just have, now you have to show up. Yeah, exactly. Ready with my game face on, pretending like I'm already there. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Today's topic of the show is is sort of finding uh, the focus in, in a business. And I think all, I think mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, all great entrepreneurs are really good because they're constantly coming up with either new ideas or new ways to adjust or, or, or forcefully pivot a business. Um, and it's a good and a bad thing, right? Chasing, chasing a new shiny object. Like you get to a point where you're like, <laughs> Hey, I, I've made a whole line of, of whatever. It might be like creams. I made a whole line of creams and right. boy, wouldn't perfume be great too. And then you start chasing that. And then there's oh all gosh. these different places that you can go to, um, especially mm-hmm. in your business. So, I mean, uh, what did Peyton look like when you first launched to where it is to today? Like at, what roads were you trying to cross? And now you're on this one path that's going to be the right one for you. I feel like, um, first of all, a huge shout out to E for all South coast. Um, I feel like you probably spoke with Jeremiah or Shelley. Cause that's exactly what they said to me when I interviewed, Oh my gosh, what are you trying to do? You have so many different products, you know? <laughs> um, so with us, we started with just body butter. And then I realized that did really well. And I started getting into making other things. Turned out we were rocking to the tune of about 45 products. Wow. I'm a one person. Yeah, it was crazy, but I couldn't stop making. I was just fueled by, you know, the desire to please everybody, to make tons of things. It was so much fun. It was exciting. And then I realized financially that it's not fun or exciting um, (laughs) (laughs) at all. You know, I was spending so much money trying to have uh, such an impressive ingredient roster and keep up with the demand for that many products. 
you know, I was thinking like along the lines that I was some huge, you know, like the honest company that can have a hundred products, you know, right. and I, I got realistic um, when I realized, okay, I can't keep up with this um, wholesale orders. It was just, it was out of control. So that's where I started to reel it in a little bit. Uh, I did a lot of marketing research. I fine tuned what sells, what doesn't, what the people want and what they don't. And the biggest thing I learned is listen to your customers. They're, they're sending you messages, even if they're not verbal or written. You know, there's different cues that they're giving. Listen to them. Hear what they want. See what they want. Find out what makes them tick, what they buy elsewhere and why. So I was able to really narrow it down more so to the more important products that would do well, that were financially sound, you know, for me to be making as far as those types of decisions. Uh, I'm in the software business and uh, we create software. Same thing. The day that we launch, you get some random person who buys something across the country, if not from across the world. And you're just like, wow, somebody actually wants to buy this. One of the hardest things uh, to to corral is all of the features that people, you know, they see your software, they use it. They're like, boy, it it would be amazing if it just did this one thing. And then you multiply Mm -hmm. that across thousands of people asking for thousands of different things. Uh, I'm I'm assuming it's the same thing in yours. Two questions Mm -hmm. to this. How do you collect your, uh, your customer feedback? That'd be a great sort of tip. If you have some kind of piece of software that you use or just some advice on collecting that advice. And then how do you sort of uh, put that on a chart and say, these are the ones we're going to do because we've got, you know, 25% of our people have asked for this. How do you Mm -hmm. sort of work that process? Okay. So a very similar situation, you know, it turned out with body butters. We had like 18 at one point because another customer, Oh, this would be great. If you could do ginger lime, this would be great if you could do, you know, X, Y, and Z. So all of a sudden next week, here's a new product. Um, I got out of control. So in order to find out more, I started really uh, engaging with my customer because our main selling platform uh, turned out not to be the internet when we started by any means. It was at farmer's markets. Um, I can say the most valuable interactions I've ever had were at these farmer's markets. They were integral in helping me get where I am today. You know, the face-to-face feedback, the repeat customers. You know, we have a really, really great brand loyalty going right now so our customers come back week after week and they'll tell me you know you know what I loved this it was amazing or you know what this wasn't so hot it would be better if you know the viscosity was a little bit thinner a little bit thicker so on and so forth Um, as far as reviews go you know I really encourage I do follow-ups on internet sales uh, with reviews I always send people a little message once I see that it's been delivered I give it a week you know I just do a little follow-up message like hi just checking in with you I just wanted to make sure you were happy, you know, please feel free to share your feelings with me about this. Uh, So that's been really useful as well. It's been a very personal uh, situation. I've also engaged with um, Google forums and making um, questionnaires. You know, Mm. that's been great as well. And we utilize that during the e4all program. Um, That was one of the very important things that they touched upon that I think helped myself as well as all of us. Mm. Um, And really trying to seek, you know, the the public opinion on things. without feelings involved because it's anonymous. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's so funny, like being in the internet space that I am and, and all the stuff that, or a majority of the stuff that I do is all is mostly digital, but it always mm-hmm. comes back to in-person, right? Even even right. consultants in my space, uh, my space, like the, the business that I work in, not on myspace.com. <laughs> but like the, the, 2007. My, yeah, yeah it, my, my colleagues, you know, a lot of, a lot of new newcomers to uh, digital consulting. They, Where do I find customers? How do I get customers? How do I get this feedback? I, I mean, we're doing a lot of stuff online, yes, 
But right. if you if you're gonna find customers, you're gonna find them out in in, in networking events, uh, mm-hmm. holding your own events, that kind of thing. It, it's crucial right. in your case. It's farmers markets, um, right. you know, as as a jumping point. And it's just that uh, it could either be just a jumping point where it's you know you use it, you launch it, and then it was great. But you're not gonna scale with that, or it becomes a vertical depending on the size of your business where you continue mm-hmm. to show up, uh, and then you move to the internet. Which brings me to my question. Why do uh, in-person store? What is the benefit of that for your for your particular business? Why not just stay on Etsy? Why not just go to Amazon? Why not just create your own e-commerce store? Why do in-person uh, for you? Oh, awesome question. Um, so this is what how we came to this point to launch our own brick-and-mortar store. Um, you know, I had my own little lab set up at home. I have far outgrown my lab set up here. I was either pay for space for production somewhere so that I can scale, um, or it was basically this is the end of the road if we don't do that because I can't keep up in the space given and you know the different restrictions that I'd have. Um, so the value in opening the store was first of all production space. Secondly, it is uh, my brand has become very uh, with a very strong following in the East Bay South Coast area. That's where my customers are. That those are the people that I know. Um, they have been saying to me for about a year and a half now, "Where can I buy this? Where where is this sold?" And I they were speaking and I listened. Um, I really decided that this is the best option for us right now. I think that it would allow me to expand on different avenues as far as, um, you know, sources of income, different types of events that I can hold, because this is a very personal type of business. Um, You know, online is a great support for me, but right now I'm focusing on really developing further and fostering that personal connection with our customers, a place that they can come in, that they can see, touch, smell, feel. That's very, very important, especially with um, skincare things. I mean, it's your body. Mm -hmm. How much more personal does that get? So I, and I also think the way that uh, for marketing, anyhow, when you come into our shop, it's going to make you feel a certain way. Um, It's going to evoke feelings of, you know, you, we're very Instagrammable, for example, and we live in an Instagram <laughs> culture, right? So, I mean, that alone is a draw. People are super excited to go and say, hey, I'm at the Peyton Company, like snap, 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 and post all over the place. It makes you feel a certain way. It makes you feel like you're connected to nature. It makes you feel like you're doing a good thing because we use local ingredients, sustainable ingredients. Um, another very cool thing, it's only nowhere else in Rhode Island. I'm bragging right now. Very cool. Um, <laughs> we... Uh, late, late one night, that's when the best ideas come to me. We came up with a farm to face type of situation here, this concept where we're going to take fresh ingredients uh, straight out of the ground from here in Rhode Island, South Coast area, and make fresh main preparations that uh, have do have an immediate shelf life, basically like a take and carry type situation. So we're going to have our raw beauty bar, you know, and I thought how very cool to keep it as culturally... Um, you know, intact to this area as possible. We're integrating local farms. We're integrating our customers that are local here. Keeps our money local in the area. Um, I thought, how perfect. We really want to focus on that sustainability factor. Uh, it's amazing, an amazing reason. I think that in the world of digital, again, I am a huge proponent of digital and, and Facebook mm. and Instagram, but of course, building your own platform online through, thing, through things like an email newsletter or a podcast just like we're mm-hmm. doing. But the one thing that's 
very difficult to execute online is a digital handshake. It's the in-person, obviously the in-person experience, yeah. but you know, the, there's so much that can be, uh, uh, accomplished by meeting somebody in person, seeing their body language, getting the reaction, and, mm-hmm. and your your product line is 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 perfect, um, is perfect for that. Because the show is 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 focused on the South Coast, uh, and I, I like to sort of get into a little bit of the nitty gritty of maybe the mm. intricacies of of the South Coast and things that people sure. might not experience in other areas of the world. Uh, right. I've talked to plenty of entrepreneurs, folks that have been on the show and are going to be on the show, finding office space or retail space, uh, <laughs> not, not that easy, uh, from what I've heard. No, uh, what, no. what is, what is, what was your process? Like, I mean, people looking in from the outside in, you know, boy, we've got, you know, snow nine months out of the year. There's mm-hmm. limited parking, parking, the roads suck generally, you know, like, yeah. what, what, and, and it's expensive, right. For, for a lot of, you know, key areas that mm-hmm. you need to be in. What was your experience and what would you advise people to do based off of what you've gone through? God bless you for asking that. <laughs> this is quite the story. Um, so anyhow, uh, finding retail space. First of all, for my type of business, um, I needed foot traffic. I needed high visibility. Um, I wouldn't do well in a major shopping plaza area like, you know, Route 6 in Seekonk, for example, or, you know, anywhere like that. Um, we'd just get lost. We'd you know, get buried by all the huge commercial places. Um, so trying to find foot traffic, trying to find somewhere that I've already developed brand loyalty with my customers, um, trying to find somewhere that fit our aesthetic, first of all. Um, I didn't want to be next to, you know, a cell phone store and on the other side of us, a pawn shop. Um, it, we just don't fit in that groove. Um, the other issue is where we do fit, first of all, very, very, very expensive real estate. Um, I was blown away. I started seeking out spaces, looking around Bristol recently. I was looking in Barrington. Newport is our end goal. We want our second location there um, in a couple of years. So I was pretty becoming painfully aware of the expenses associated with it. Um, I originally was going to go into a space actually in Warren. It has parking. It was very large. Um, I had two wonderful friends that own a local business called Cerulean. We were going to partner on the space because it was so large. We were going to do community art studio, so on and so forth. Well, the space just didn't fit the needs. It didn't work out right. So I actually ended up finding a space down the street. Um, it just fell into my lap. It couldn't be more perfect for us. Um, but it's been quite a journey, you know, going back and forth, trying to find what you can afford versus what fits your aesthetic versus what has foot traffic and parking. Um, and when we go into these little small towns, parking's very limited, you know, um, so this was critical in as far as making sure that there was a municipal lot nearby. Uh, I do think, though, people really need to start getting into the culture of, or getting away from the culture, rather, of I'm going to Target, I'm going to park in the parking lot and, you know, walk 20 feet into a building. I think people need to start getting back into a different mindset, like I'm going to make this an experience. I'm going to walk downtown. I'm going to take a moment and check out the stores and things of that nature. So I'm excited to be part of that new culture you know warren's really up and coming um it's going through a revival a renaissance and you know what the fact that we don't have immediate parking outside our door not phased by it whatsoever there's 
a municipal parking nearby and I feel we're darn good enough so that if you want to come to me, you're going to find a place to park. Right. Um, you know, like, you know what you're looking for and we're good at what we do. And if you want us, you'll come to us. So that being said, we felt comfortable going into the, the uh, space that we're into now and building. Yeah. I think, you know, years, years and years ago, uh, I, I, I almost went to a venture, uh, with a business where we had to look at some retail space. Uh, and if, what you end up finding out is number one, people who own the space maybe don't even really care about what you have, like that, what you have to offer. I mean, they care, they, they want to get paid of course, but they don't mm-hmm. really care about your, your efforts and your inspiration to really get this done. Mm-hmm. And, to, and, and you're just another person coming in and it doesn't really matter to them. And then doubly on, on top of that is, uh, the, the particular space that we looked at was owned by a company in New York. <laughs> so the people that we were talking to, they, mm-hmm. they, they, didn't, they didn't see us, they didn't meet us, they didn't care uh, one bit about what we were doing. So I'm glad that, you've, that, I'm glad that you found, found space there. And I do enjoy Warren. Warren's great. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. And that's where we do the Hope in Maine Farmers Market. Um, you know, that organization is a godsend to this area. Um, so, you know, and they're, they have a quite a big reach, you know, they're going to South coast, they're working with E for all on some projects. I mean, it's very, very cool. So they are a huge support system for me. And I kept saying, you know what? I didn't choose Warren. Warren chose me. Mm-hmm. The customers chose me and this is where I need to be. This is home. Let's, so, bring, it, let's bring it back to, uh, to focus. Now that that store is, is about to launch, how have you kept yourself contained to not go crazy with all of the potential things you could do with the store now and events and grand openings and all? How have you just right. stayed focused on getting this open and making sure that operationally uh, this new experience is, is, is manageable? So what I've done is I know how I was making products in the beginning, and this is another beginning for me. So I want to be mindful of that you know, spin out of control a thing that a lot of people go through where I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, as far as the products that we carry, we're all not only carrying like uh, body and skincare products. We're carrying bed and bath because I have a retail space to fill and you can only fill so much space with little tiny bottles. Right? So I decided we are going to be the four B's body, beauty, bed and bath. If it doesn't fall into that category, it's not going to end up in our store or else this could spin wildly out of control. Um, you know, I don't want to be a full on gift shop that has everything. So putting those stringent guidelines in place, um, you know, does it fall under this? Yes or no. If not great idea, but I'm sorry, like move along. It's mm. just not right for us. Um, also I've been utilizing the app Trello, which is phenomenal. Um, a really wonderful person introduced it to me. Um, Miss Laura Parrish from Trek and Channel. Um, she got me hip to it. That's what I've been using to really help organize my plans, my ideas. Um, and I know this is very difficult to do, especially for me, but follow a budget. That has been <laughs> painful, painful. But I set a budget in place for grand opening. Um, and I know what we can do and what we can't do. Do I want the biggest blowout party on earth? Of course. Um, but I realized our guidelines, our budgets and what we can do. And you know what? It's going to be wonderful as it is. So those are very important things. And being brutally honest with your finances. It's so easy to project, oh, we're going to do this much money. We're going to do that. So on and so forth. Um, but I had to take a real hard look at my finances. And that's what's keeping me in line. Because there's a lot riding on this. I can't drop the ball. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely sage advice. And by the way, Trello is a great app uh, for <laughs> anybody who needs to start getting some organization done. I do a lot of sort of content marketing stuff and, and Trello is a great way to sort of uh, post-it note, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, ideas and brainstorming, but done on in a digital format. So it's free. Anybody who wants to check it out. Matter of fact, I'll drop that in, awesome. in the comments. Yes. And by the way, folks who are uh, who are listening, if you have questions uh, or watching, go ahead and drop them in the chat and we'll go ahead and get those uh, answered for you. Next question. What are you doing in terms of marketing, promotion, uh, Aside from joining the South Coast number one entrepreneurial podcast, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, what, else, what, what else are you doing to to uh, announce and promote and get ready for this uh, for the grand opening? What sort of marketing hacks or promotional hacks, mm-hmm. uh, both digitally and maybe offline, that you're you're preparing uh, to make this right. uh, uh, the best bang for its buck? Okay, so what we are doing, um, I've been low-key about the store. Instagram Stories has had a lot of mentions of it. Actually, this week, we're doing the official VIP invites and grand opening dates. Um, I'm blowing that out all over online, every social media platform possible. Um, I'm submitting press releases to nine different media outlets as well. Um, we have tons of you know actual paper postcard flyers. Um, I've, I'm pretty well networked in the area. I have so much support. People have been more than excited to, you know, pass along the word, hand out flyers, put flyers in their shops, things of that nature. So that's what we're doing. Um, we're also, I'm going to start a campaign, a countdown campaign online. Um, it's going to be super fun. It's going to be like a different mystery revealed every day of what's going on. Um, we are, you know, there's always the good old chamber of commerce. Um, we're joining the East Bay chamber. Um, you know, a lot of people think chamber is so old fashioned. It's, you know, really not relevant to today with digital information, but I don't feel that way, especially in a very small community. I think they're going to be integral in helping us grow. Um, I've reached out to several local, um, guides like discover Warren. I can't even say how humbled I was that they've been following us and sharing, you know, our little progress marks along the way, which is very cool. Um, you know, e for all has been so supportive as well. And, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a big celebration. You know, another entrepreneur taking it to the next level, you know, that graduated through their program. So we are also doing some different promotions uh, leading up to the grand opening. Um, I'm taking on different vendors as well. We're going to be doing vendor spotlights, um, beautiful artisanal wares um, that are either made locally or people that actually hand make them. Um, So those are all different avenues we're going down. I'm going to ask you the million dollar question uh, that I ask a lot of folks here on the show because I think it's oh so important. Have you been generating an email list over this time? Have you made plans for dripping out email uh, notifications and leading up to that? What does that all look like? Uh, well, we've actually, since I'm going to say 2016, nice. we have um, about 2,200 people on our email list. Nice. You know, it's, hum- it's humble, but it's growing. Um, so I actually have started to slate, we're doing the countdown, you know, for the grand opening and that's when I'm going to be firing off emails about our progress. Um, and then I also have different groups in my email, um, in my email list, you know, people that are, you know, exceptional customers that have been so loyal since day one. Um, people have supported us. Um, also all my different professional friends that have supported my business. So I have different material for each type of person that's been involved in our progress. Um, you know, so we're going to be targeting in different ways that way. 
Uh, I think that, especially for folks who are listening, if, you, if folks who listen to the Steve White episode that I did a couple of weeks ago, we talked uh, heavily about sort of all of the ongoings of Facebook and what Facebook's doing with our data and what they're not doing with our data. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, we've seen this years ago when Facebook pages first came out, if people were mm-hmm. you know in, in tune with their business to that back then, and they changed the whole dynamics of that. And then they changed the, you know, the fact that if you had 100 likes, 100 people could see your posts, and then that dwindled down to 50%, then 30%, and now it's like 8%. Mm-hmm. Um, and and only it's only going to get more pay to play as time mm-hmm. goes on. So I've made it a point to, to, to make building your email list, building your own... Uh, web publishing platform, whether it be Mm -hmm. just a website that you control, just a blog that you control, a podcast, a video, a YouTube, and you start combining all these things together, Mm -hmm. that that you have ownership around this. Uh, Because number one, you never know what Facebook's going to do to change things. Uh, And you could lose your audience. Instagram Mm -hmm. as well, uh, obviously owned by the same companies. Uh, And you just never know because we're we're on other platforms and we're trying to grow an audience there. They're super great uh, for that, Mm -hmm. but you don't own it. Right, you don't own it like you own an email list, uh, and uh, you don't own it like you own an audience on a podcast or a YouTube channel, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, very important that folks do that. What has been some good digital marketing wins for you uh, aside from the Instagram? Have you started to explore, uh, you know, going deeper into how your products are made through blog posts yes. or anything like that? What What are those other wins in that category? So what we're doing, um, I actually just started a 30 and 30 on Instagram. Um, and what we're doing is every single day for the next 30 days, we're highlighting one of the ingredients that we use. We're uh, explaining why we use it and why you should love it. So that's going to be in our stories. Um, I really want to, once we're settled in our store, I have a lot on my plate. Um, Very important though, I want to start our YouTube channel up. I think that's critical, like you're saying. That is all mine. Nobody can take that from me. They can't change the algorithm. Um, They can't, you know, see what my subscribers see or not, depending on how many people follow me. Um, So that is something that we want to do, you know, a weekly um, type of you know, five minute program, you know, five things that we're going to cover or how it's made or things like that. So I've been brainstorming different ideas. Uh, That's all I do is notebooks, notebooks, Trello, you know, (laughs) I mean, I lug around probably like five or six notebooks everywhere I go, like a crazy person, but that's where all the ideas are. Um, You know, so that's another um, option that we have that I really want to explore. I haven't gone into that sector yet, but I know the value of it, especially for uh, the beauty cosmetic industry. So it's very important that we uh, expand outside of the, you know, chosen few that we've been working on now because the algorithms change constantly. And, you know, I see it happen. It's very frustrating. Um, You know, I I get stuck in a certain place. So we're just trying to grow outside of that. Not that this is an E4All show, but if I ever went for sponsors for this podcast, E4All would be one that I went to. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's a great program. As a mentor, I really enjoy uh, working with the team over there uh, and, and seeing seeing all these folks come through with their ideas to ultimately launch their businesses. What was the one thing that really changed your uh, perspective on business or one big thing you learned in that program? I mean, you had a lot of sort of maybe corporate sales marketing background. Mm-hmm. Probably going into it, you probably felt fairly confident. What was that one thing that knocked you off that pedestal that said, oh, by the way, there's this? Was there was there something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, two words, Scott Dubois. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he rattled my cage. 
Um, he really did. And was he your Was he your mentor? No, he was not. Okay. He was not. Um, yep. He made such an impact on me and really lit that fire. He made me realize how easy it is to get swallowed alive into yep. the abyss, yep. um, you know, and how quickly that can happen. Um, he really made me understand the importance of social media and how to use it to my benefit more so. But also, I mean, it kind of scared the pants off me. Like, all right, you better step up your game or else you're just going to just, like I said, wash away into the abyss. Um, nobody will know you're here. So um, his class that he taught really got me thinking about what I need to do to grow. Mm-hmm. And what, what what was it? Was it something of... Uh, growing online or just growing from like an operational standpoint? What was the one sort of takeaway from his lesson, if you remember? Oh, I, I remember. <laughs> very <laughs> clearly. Um, he's hard to forget, you know. Um, I remember very clearly uh, growing online and using social media to help yep. us grow, yep. especially in my industry because of what I do. Um, you know, I, it's, I always had somebody doing things for me previously i wasn't the one doing the nitty-gritty you know online and this was back in like you know the 2000s doing this type Mm -hmm. of stuff where social media wasn't super huge you know but websites were getting there and stuff like that um so i didn't realize how much it takes to go through this and grow organically and the value of growing organically you know because now everything is just like you know instant instagram just add water ten thousand followers here you go um you know i learned specifically it's the quality of interaction and not necessarily the quantity so that's where i've been really focusing um also i've been using it Um, because I realized in order to grow to a national level, I need to win my local first. So I've been really interacting with local people growing in that manner and then spend key as well. Awesome. Uh, folks who are watching, go ahead and drop those questions. in. if you hear me typing, it's because I'm taking notes, uh, as we go along to make sure that I have everything in order when we, uh, when we actually publish this, uh, to the Mm -hmm. podcast and, uh, to the website, wrapping things up, uh, for the future. I mean, are you thinking right now multiple stores? Are you thinking online e-commerce growing more uh, for the brand? Uh, what does that look like? Uh, I know, again, you're sort of butting sure. up against we have to find focus. We can't think about too mm-hmm. many grand scale things. But what does that look like for you in the future? Well, the biggest mistake I could make is thinking like a small business right now. Mm-hmm. I need to think for the future and make decisions now that are going to impact my future and the future of my business. Mm-hmm. So that's always in the back of my mind. It's always right there. Um, we do want a second location. We're in a three to five year, depending, you know, finance and how that goes. Um, what we are also planning on doing is really expanding the online, uh, you know, revamping the website, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um we have been through so much. I originally was going to scale a couple products, came this close to contracting a co-packer, um, meeting with different chemists, things of that nature. And you know what? It didn't work out and it was meant to be. Um, that's not the avenue we're ready to go down right now, but that is in our future. You know, um, we've been basically hoarding all our marketing data and trends, and I'm going to use that information within the next couple of years to scale a few items. Is there something about this business that that people don't know about that drives up cost? Uh, and let me frame it with an example. I, I was the the mentor for the Boot Black brand 
um, and and he was making sort of uh, cocktail syrups and and and, mm-hmm. and you know things to make make drinks with. Yeah, and I, I knew nothing of like uh, uh, liquor distribution and how that whole thing works. And it just, it just blew my mind uh, the control one entity has uh, mm-hmm. on, on distributing these products in, in the year of 2018. And again, I come from digital, so distribution is easy for me. It's internet, it's email, it's YouTube, mm-hmm. it's, it's all this stuff. Is there something like that that, that, the, that the consumer doesn't know about in this industry mm-hmm. or something that drives up costs when people go, oh, my God, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's $10 for this? How is it so expensive? What is that one <laughs> thing in this industry that people just aren't aware of? Right. So for my industry, um, I do have to follow very strict FDA guidelines for packaging. Um, which also includes the sanitation of all the packaging devices used. Um, the other thing as well, um, labeling compliancy really drives up the cost with us and the type of packaging that we use. Um, you know, people don't realize that, you know, just the shipping weight on glass mm-hmm. um, is outrageous. Uh, things of that nature. Another huge issue is the beauty, cosmetic industry, essential oil industry, very, very dark side to it. Um, So when we seek out fair trade ingredients, that does significantly increase the cost of what's going in to the product. But I feel good at night because I know it wasn't an eight-year-old slave making this product or harvesting and growing and cultivating under some horrible guerrilla regime, which is the reality for quite a few different large distributors. Um, You know, and that to me is really critical. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the women, it's typically women that grow and harvest a lot of our base ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, So being a privileged woman in the United States, I really want, you know, this to come from a good place. Um, because I can't imagine, you know, otherwise. Yeah. So there's a whole side to it that's just so dark and dirty. So we seek out the sourcing and that's where the money comes in because I will pay double for some of my base ingredients because I know where they're sourced from and that's critical to me. And, you know, it really, I think there's an awareness going on right now in the public that people are starting to get hip to it. They're learning about like where their chocolate comes from, their coffee, you know, all of these things that we don't even think about on a day-to-day business. So yeah. that's where my costs come from. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. it's it's something that uh, it's it's awareness across uh, across the board. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll talk from the digital perspective. I mean, we companies again like Facebook. It's like, hey, this is amazing. We're sharing photos, and then all of a sudden, you realize all of your information's out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Am- Amazon mm-hmm. is great, and you know, I, I'm I'm guilty. I, I'm hooked on Prime. I can get things in a couple of days. Then yeah. you start to realize, like. God, how much does Amazon know about me and how many businesses mm-hmm. are they putting out of business, right? Or scooping up. And it's just like, wow, these places you yeah. really start to understand. We should really take a little bit more concern with the products that mm-hmm. we're buying and the services right. um, that, that, we're, that we're purchasing for, for mm-hmm. our lives. Natalie, it's been a great episode. If there's yes. one piece of advice that you can leave listeners with, maybe somebody who's out there who's like, you know what, I'm ready to kickstart my business. I heard what Natalie went through. I'm inspired mm-hmm. to do this. What is that one sort of parting advice you'd mm. give? I would say never give up your goal ever. Okay. Don't chase it. I mean, don't stop chasing that goal just because your original plan A didn't work. So don't change up the goal. Change how you get to achieve to it. Mm. You're going to have to make decisions that you never thought you would. Um, you know, and just stick to it and just keep your eye on the prize and just know that you're going to get to the same place in the end. 
might be on a different road that you take to get there. So, you know, just don't feel defeated when things don't go as you think they're going to. Just keep putting the next foot in front of the other. That's awesome stuff. We yeah. do have one. We do have one comment uh, from Allison Richards says uh, to you. This is addressed to you. You obviously super busy, but the Peyton Company would be a wonderful addition to SOM this season. S O A M. That's the Somerset Open Air oh. Market. Uh, so right. she did. She so Allison did leave that comment. Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Where's your address? When is that opening? Right. Give us all the good stuff. All right, here's the good stuff, guys. So our um, these, uh, email address, rather, or no, website, I'm so sorry, is thepaytonco.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at thepaytonco. Uh, same thing with Facebook, forward slash thepaytonco. Um, our grand opening, big blowout celebration, is going to be June 16th, which is a Saturday. So mark it down, be there, be ready. We're going to have all kinds of fun things going on, specials. Uh, stuff of that nature and i will definitely keep y'all posted everybody else southcoast.fm you can just type it in your browser southcoast.fm hit enter that's how you get to this website that's where this episode will be uh once i upload it later today it'll be on itunes as well search for south coast podcast southcoast.fm on itunes or in google play or on soundcloud uh, and I'll be on Anchor FM pretty soon. As soon as I set up that account, I mean, how many Yay. accounts do I? How many accounts do I need, really? I mean, Jesus, it's just all of them try, all trying of them. to be everywhere. Uh, it's southcoast.fm/slash subscribe to join the mailing list. That's where you want to sign up for the newsletter to find out when these giveaways go out. Southcoast.fm/slash win to win the fifty dollars gift card graciously given, uh, being given away by Natalie today. Just enter your email address. That's all you got to do to win that 50 bucks. <laughs> I want to see you. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. This no has problem. been so much fun. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. Hope you learned a ton from today's guest. Shared a lot of value and experiences for running a business and doing entrepreneurship on the South Coast. So I hope you take a lot out of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. This episode is brought to you by Slocum Studio. You can find Slocum Studio at slocumstudio.com. You need to get your marketing in order, landing pages, get your conversions up, build that email list. Look no further than Slocum Studio at slocumstudio.com.